0: There you are, let's say 700 meters, I've done better but only on the range, think about the whisper of the wind, think about the dying light, think about the distance, think about the bullet nestled snugly in its casing, out there naked at the end of its parabola, it will be nothing but a tumbling wad of lead. So give it the height it needs to tumble. Breathe, 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 hold it,
1: let it out.
0: Sarah, written by Garth Ennis, drawn by Steve Epting, colors by Elizabeth Breitweiser. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there
1: is no escape. Comic exposure begins in
0: 3, 2,
1: 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my quarantine baby is the one, the only. Hello,
0: my name is Travis Ratz. I must break you now. with Dania.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the uh, Comic Exposure Podcast, where Travis Ratz and I delve deep into comic books. And luckily, this is a podcast about graphic novels and not about weekly comics. So we can keep on going, coronavirus or not on today's episode let's let's travis talk about and- that let's talk about that for well, a second we're gonna, we're gonna get there in a second i just want <laughs> to explain your russian accent uh travis did a very poor russian accent because today we are reading the tko book sarah uh by uh garth ennis with art by steve efting and colors by the always exceptional and amazing elizabeth Brightweiser uh that's the book we're talking about so travis i mentioned something you said you wanted to talk about it first so let's talk about it also i
0: feel like calling the book just sarah does not uh identify the accent and why i used it but
1: (laughs) no (laughs) well sarah is it's a it's a a graphic novel about female russian snipers during world war ii excellent um so josh our day has finally come Diamond
0: has shut down. The like, if you want to read comics, you got to dig in the trades. And if you're gonna dig in the trades, you got to live in our world now. You got to live in our world. Everyone's gonna get so buff from trade waiting; it's gonna be crazy. And picking up those volumes. Ooh, and guess what? Guess whose podcast is positioned with hours upon hours of discussions of the trades that you will probably be reading over these next months, over these next years, maybe.
1: Who knows? Who knows? Do you want to go back and uh, read the, uh, the, um, Alan Moore's, uh, volume on a swamp thing. We talked about it. Do you uh, want to read, fr- uh, do you want to read Frank Miller's first run on Dare- Daredevil? We talked about it. Do you want to go back and read some, some highlights of the image, the, like the second image comic boom we've done saga. We've done saga live. Yeah. We've done, uh, Southern bastards and Prophet. And just four kids, like, walk, every into bank. Four kids walk into a bank. Black uh, Yeah. Uh, so much. Let me look, not let watchmen. Me look at not my Watchmen. Refused, we refuse to do Watchmen. We haven't done Watchmen. <laughs> we haven't done Watchmen. We <laughs> did do uh Batman. We did uh, Dark Knight. Um we've done so, several like, Batmans.
0: We got, yeah. We
1: got plenty. We got plenty for you kids. Here's Hop my in, challenge. The water's warm. Here's my
0: challenge to you listeners. Go to the podcast app. Look at the list and see. If you can make your way through every trade
1: we've done. I am afraid to count up how much money that costs. Uh, but what, do you, what else? You can't go out to eat. You're not going out to eat. You're not going anywhere. Spend your money on comic books. You can skip or having, hates
0: astronauts.
1: <laughs> or have like beer, <laughs> be, beer and, and beverages delivered to your house. Travis, I know that you're in Japan and you don't have to live in the world of a thousand local microbreweries, but they are all... To, they all have to-go beer, and some of them are delivering it to my house. Is it awesome? Oh, it's so wonderful! I had cider delivered today. I had like two four two four packs of cider and two like little bombers delivered for me today. It's now, nice. how
0: how is a beer delivery guy? Do they fit a certain stereotype or demographic? Like a pizza guy is like, "Hey, your pizza's ready."
1: Uh, um, what is a what is a bar? Is it the, the bartenders? Two... Uh, I I don't know. The one today was not one of the bartenders, but I think the other one was probably one of the bar guys at the, at the brewery. So, okay. So, but average you know, citizens. Yeah. Just like a UPS guy, but with beer. I, I, so I heard some
0: comic shops are doing that. The delivering comics week, but I mean, when they were still, yeah. Single so I,
1: some were, and then some were doing curbside pickup, but now mm-hmm. diamond is like, yeah, we're not giving you any books and we're not delivering any books. And if you're going to
0: get trades, you can just get them on Kindle or have them delivered by Amazon. So there's really no point, huh?
1: Right. Unless you're waiting for that new trade. You're going to be waiting for a long time. So you got to go read the classics. Join us on our, we read some Animal Man. Who the hell goes back and reads Grant Morrison's Animal Man? We do. So you should go back. You should go back and read it with us. I can't believe we did that. Listen to the podcast. (laughs) It was good. I enjoyed it i enjoyed it i just went i flashed back in the past i'm like yeah we did do that yeah we read animal we read that and jeff lemire's animal man and talked about them in the same episode new 52 animal man grant morrison animal man you can go check it out wow you like weird french comic books that are in black and white read petite yeah we got that too you want to read about uh what it was like during the iranian revolution we got that for you too Persepolis. persepolis maybe yeah oh my god we have so much you know what i think i'm gonna take a deep dive into our podcast i think that you you know what here's here's my suggestion what let's here let's talk about sarah and while we talk about the book sarah for the end of this episode while we're doing this in the second brain you've got where the, the your hind brained travis <laughs> the, one that can, the one that controls your hey your Josh. Massive, that's a great band tale. name. That's a great band name, Josh. Hindbrain, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> the one that can controls your massive dinosaur tail. I want you to think about what old book do you want to tell our audience to go back and read, but
0: but specifically with quarantine in mind. Does that mean it has to be yeah. about quarantine, but with the no, experience no. of
1: quarantine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so let's set that aside, Travis. Let's let's talk. We've we've let's start the show. Okay, right. I love our witty banner that we start this all off with the repartee, the tat for tit for tat that we have the promotion it's good, and promotion self shameless self-promotion. But here's, here's what we're here for today. Ladies and gentlemen, you are here with us on a comic book club episode. Mm. Now, if you want to go back and, and watch an old and listen to an old episode, Travis and I read the first wave, the first issues of all of the TKO presents books. We read the first issues of the five books or f- I think it was five, five four or four, or five books. books. Yeah. 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 So we read the first issue of each of those and we talked about them. And one of the ones that we came away from that saying that's the one was Sarah. Now we were going to read it much earlier in the show, but for whatever reason, TKO had a little bit of trouble delivering comic books to Travis in Japan. He's a little salty. He's a little salty. He's a little miffed. He had to buy it a second time. Yep. Through Amazon. I didn't go, I
0: didn't go through, I refused to go through TKO for this. Yeah. TKO, you're on notice. I don't I think it was just a mix up. I have a weird uh, box address. So I'm not going to say that TKO doesn't deliver their books on time or at all. Uh, But I think that they had not figured
1: out maybe their international, their uh, FPO box shipping at that point. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We were going to read this a while ago, but it didn't happen. We kept waiting for Travis to get his books. And I finally said, dude, I've read this thing. It is so good. We need to read it. And I just played my hand, Travis, but I don't care. Yeah. I just, here's what we've got. Here's what we have. We have three powerhouses on this book. This is a trifecta of beautiful, beautiful creators. We've got Garth Ennis, who is sublime. I don't love favorites? a lot. Of- what are my favorites? I don't- you know that. I don't love 90s era Garth Ennis. You don't, don't like the
0: boys. You don't like Hitman. You don't like Preacher. I get it. We get it. You're,
1: but, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do like Garth Ennis's war stories. They are good. Yeah. Then you add on Steve Epting, who's a wonderful artist. Mm-hmm. And then you round it all off with the beautiful coloring of Elizabeth Breitweiser, who is possibly one of the best colorist in the biz i'm um, wow. like i think she's one of the best she's so good she her palette is wonderful she gives she gives a lot of good emotion in it if you if if the audience out there if you've read any of the criminal books or anything uh usually that brew baker has been working on with sean phillips she usually does art are the coloring on a lot of those books as well she's just wonderful so travis do you want to tell us do you want to tell the audience a quick okay. blurb I, I of what see is the story
0: I'm, about? I see what you're gonna do. I see I, I yeah, I was trying to jump in before you No, I want I want I want you to do this because yeah. here's what I'm afraid, Josh. Uh, yeah. as a not history teacher, I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm going to classify what's going on here wrong. So it's six self-contained issues, okay? Six yeah, that, it's, that's it's, what it's, that's what you got. Six issues. Yeah. What
1: happens over these six issues, Josh? So six issues, this follows the story of Sarah and her band of steel roses, the uh, female snipers that the Russians used during World War II to take out the Germans during the early part, early stages of the war, right? At this point in the story, the, the uh, Germans are still winning. They're pushing in on the Russians. And Sarah is a steely-eyed sniper for the Russians, Uh, taking out the fritzies as they talk to him about it in there and so you kind of get to see in these six issues the story it it does some fade it does some flashbacks about when she first starts in it the training that she goes through leading all the way through to the end of this book which is a beautiful heartbreaking ending Mm. but still very good um and it kind of tells the story of her and her, her comrades, mm-hmm. literally her comrades, as they as they kind of uh, are this this force to be dealt with during the, uh, would, the the World War II. Would you use
0: the expression "ragtag"? Are they a ragtag group of uh, women soldiers? Uh,
1: m- almost. I almost. would say if yeah. we I said if we spent a little more time with the other characters. So here's what I would tell you: if this is an optioned for a Netflix series or like literally this is probably, and if it's not an Amazon or Netflix series or HBO, it needs to be right now. I think
0: Ennis' properties are on there.
1: I think I think let's I think we should start the
0: conversation here. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about the genre of war stories and then work our way into how that works, what works for that in comics, and what maybe doesn't work for that in comics. I think a lot okay. of this does. So, what's great about war stories is we have all these wars, right? We have a his our, our history <laughs> as human civilization <laughs>
1: like has been thousands of years of war. thousands
0: and thousands of years of war. It is our uh, humanity's uh, milieu, if you will, uh, and the great one of the great things about, war, about uh, war is is that there are so many aspects to it. There are so many stories. Little because, nuggets. So many yeah. little stories found throughout all of it. And so what a lot of writers do, uh, story creators and storytellers do, whether in film or in TV series or whatnot, in comics and novels, is they pick what th- their little lens. They pick a little corner of the war, right? You right. pick a little corner. You pick your protagonist. You pick your band of protagonists. Agnes. Uh, and you well, could you you, can't, you cannot
1: tell the story of World War 2 the whole thing in a comic book right you could mm-hmm. but it'd be very it'd be very like it'd be very scholarly and it would be very 30,000 feet you wouldn't get the story if yeah. you want the story you got to get on the ground and pick a handful of people or one person and like saving private ryan band of brothers the shit out of it right like that's that's what that's what makes a war story their westerns set whenever you want the time period to be right like what's a western if not a samurai story like like all of these things are all they all have this yeah. piece of it intertwined where you follow this protagonist as they deal with being thrown out of normal life and being placed in the horrors and strangeness of war and how do they deal with that? I would even
0: say that it doesn't even have to be a, a, a boots on the ground story. What was the Churchill oh, one no. that came out, which was about Churchill dealing with World War II? I think that's what you're getting at. You were talking about you how- focus on
1: one person, right? Yeah. You, or like a group of people. You can't tell the story of like, here's World War Two, right? You have to zoom in on an aspect of this giant war that, that covered, you know, a large portion yeah, the globe
0: and and be and so narrowing it down into how comics can deal with war stories in really interesting ways is because when we're gonna do let's say a boots on the ground story if we're gonna film that i mean that's an expect it's a period piece most likely right. uh and you're dealing with like tanks and guns and explosions and weapons in these uh very vast terrains and so for you know the budget of some pen and inks, and you're paying your creative talent. You can tell these really high end, explosive, engaging, big, epic stories that follow. You know that weird band of characters or that protagonist as they're actually telling yeah. uh, war stories. And Garth Ennis has a history of of he loves these war stories. He's done oh, like yeah. that Battlefront he's, he's series.
1: And yeah, he, like yeah. what comic publisher hasn't he written a war story for at this point? Right. Like right. he's done them on, on like any comic book that'll, any company that'll like let him do one. He's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll do one avatar press. You got it. Here's your war story. I got one. I can, I can write about, I haven't written about, you know, the the guys who made the model tanks and the desert in world war two yet. So let yeah. me, let me do a, Let me do a story about those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, no, like the and beast, I think that's that a, movie, the beast. That's yeah. The, <laughs> I, I think, I think that's kind of the cool thing about, about a war story like this is, you know, when you were in history class, you get the big overview, right? And, and, you know, as, as like a, as a, as someone who has a major in history, right. I went to college and, and, you know, have like 42 credits and 40 million credits or whatever it is in, in, in history courses, like, I got to go and take a world war two class and I got to take an Eastern European history class and sort of dive into some of these things. But what you really get to do is you get to explore a nook and cranny of the war. And sometimes it might be a, sometimes it might be a key figure you like, like Churchill, or you're going to explore this weird little piece of it. You know, like you could do like, who are the experimental scientists who are building, x y or z you know you know who are the people who had to you know let's just talk about the guys you who had to help dig you know the bunkers you could just do a story on those guys you could do a story on so in this one they're talking about one of the things i think is interesting that's mentioned briefly in here are the dogs with the mines and the bombs strapped to their back <laughs> yeah, so good now you could just do a story on the guys who have to train those dogs Right.
0: It gets attached just to like, it. It writes itself even, almost.
1: Even that is like, oh, that's compelling. I wanna hear like what is you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's training all and
0: training
1: and getting to
0: love these dogs that you know are just gonna have bombs strapped on them and yeah. run underneath tanks, which was ineffective anyways. Yeah. <laughs> as we find out in this story. As you see dogs right. get mowed down and the characters say I I've never I don't know how they thought this was ever going to work. <laughs> it worked like the first couple times. And now yeah. it was like it
1: used to work but now they just shoot every dog they every see. Every dog they see.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, so so I think that I I am, I, I got to say this. I don't read a lot of war comics, but after reading Sarah, I want to get my hands on so many more because in reading it I realized that comics are the perfect medium for telling a war story.
1: And but like this is one of those ones where you get a trifecta of good talent on it too. Right. So I think that that's a key piece of it. It's not like reading, you know, sometimes you'll read a Superman story or a justice league story and you're like, eh, the artist isn't great, but I'm not, you know, I'm here to, to find out the continuation of like, what the hell is Aquaman up to? Right. Cause you're, you're invested in, you know, the justice league or you're invested in the Avengers. And so sometimes you put up with like, house art right or you put up with maybe not the best artist because you care too much about those those characters but i think in order for a war story to like really to be able to really get into it you have to have good writing and good art right like good writing won't carry it by itself because this is truly a visual medium and you can't put that stuff aside because i'm not in i don't know who these characters are right Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm like oh I really need to know what happens to you know Superman because I have read Superman forever and I care so much about what that character does. You I think like a war story works really well when you have those two pieces when the art and and the and the writing right. are at a, at a high level like we have here.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with you. You got to have that talent there to have a good story in general, regardless of the medium. Uh, but I have a feeling that. I haven't really scratched the surface of war stories. And if I was to do a dive or even like a simple Google search, like best war stories told in comics, I bet I maybe have read like seven out of 10 of them or no, uh, three out out of 10 of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so what did you think about? Let's talk about actually what they're focusing on here as a history, as a history guy. How much of this did you know? Obviously, you knew the Russians and their involvement in World War Two. But (laughs) did you you understand? I didn't understand what 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 women, the degree in which women were involved in the actual combat. um, No, that I, that I didn't know. And also, there's a lot of battle strategy in here where this this particular group of women was just basically... So a couple—let's go with some of the interesting history points. This group of women was basically sent out to take pot shots and ruin morale. They kept using this—morale was a big term used throughout this entire book. Propaganda and morale. And these women were basically sent out here to take pot shots and start kind of as the German forces advance.
1: You kill the officers. You kill the the leaders. And so it makes every—like, it it diminishes that morale piece of it. So the boots on the ground, guys. But then you've got— like that's their job but then you've got sarah out there who's literally just like i'm gonna shoot every freaking rush every every german i see right like fritzy yeah the Fritzies she's definitely like taking it and she's she's like told that you know like she gets in trouble for some of the stuff that she does right mm-hmm. like she would kill everybody and then she'd go put grenades under the bodies like she was taught by, uh, you know, it shows you in that flashback that she was taught that by flashback. You know, the guy who, inst- her who instructed her, her mentor, but the, her role, the role of these women fighters changed from what she was trained at the beginning, right? This, this sort of like things that they had them go out and do later, or at least what it seems was a lot of like, wait for the commander, shoot the commander, ruin morale, that sort of stuff.
0: Right. It so. was just like the Russians knew that, they, that the German forces were just too strong for them. So instead of they, they didn't have the power to mount these big invasive attacks or defenses on the Russians. So they basically it was like guerrilla style fighting. Where they're like, these big forces are moving in, and they were sent to, you know, with the idea that, hey, we can't defeat them. Uh, The other thing that I found interesting, historical-wise, and I think is is at the heart of this book, it's certainly at the heart of what Sarah's conflict is, is her view of the Russians, the motherland who she's fighting for, they are just— as evil as the fritzes, the germans, uh, and they have they have equally been as cruel and damaging to her life uh, and the fact that she is this really competent, good soldier who at any moment they could execute if she shows any of the slightest signs of right. individual thought
1: right right that's a really interesting that's a really interesting thing that he plays with a lot there's a lot of those sort of side conversations between her and the like the, the woman who's in charge of, I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now, um, but the blonde, the blonde Russian who's in charge yes. of sort of the ragtab group, right? Um, they continue to have like side conversations about like, look, you, like, you can't say stuff like that. Cause I'm worried that if you say stuff like that, you'll say it in a place where you can't say stuff like that, Sarah, and they're going to kill you. Did it remind
0: you? Everyone's got to relate to this. I mean, on a minimal level of work, didn't it remind you so much of like work politics in a school on a staff? I mean, especially you, you deal with union stuff. So there's so much of like, don't I know, I know you're, I know you're thinking that we're all thinking that I know we're feeling that you have to swallow it you cannot show them you
1: can't say that right now like a lot of that has to do like when so i i can relate that to like when we were on walkout right like the goal was like be pissed at the state don't be pissed at your at your district yeah i know the district is doing this stupid stuff and i wish they wouldn't but if we like if we air that out then the state's going to be like, oh, see, it's your, it's your district's fault, not our fault for not funding you, right? And so you have to walk this line of like, what do you, what do you complain about openly? To, yeah, that's actually, you know, a really, that's actually a really
0: good analogy. Like I was feeling it yeah. on that one. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's exactly like that. So it's, it's, like, it's very much who's- like what's our ultimate goal here and what's only right. going to get in our way? We, I know this sucks. It, you, it's, it's immoral. It's inhuman. However, the, it does not serve the ultimate goal. If you try to fight all these little battles.
1: Right. Right. Like, and, and I thought like it is Sarah is a pretty stoic character for most of the book. Mm-hmm. Right. But there are little bits and pieces where you see her, where you go like, Oh, okay. That's why I care about this character right like the little emotional parts where you know she where you get that flashback where she's like uh the other girl i was with was shot three weeks in i came in first place i'm still here right like yeah it's very stoic but you can hear her like that sort of like joke of like i won first prize because i'm still in it and not home is her sarcasm and her sort of like dry demeanor during it. You're like, ooh, that's cold. But all right, okay. Yeah, I get it. I dig it. You know? Yeah. I there is I love I love
0: her character. It is very like flat as far as uh not in a bad way, but it is she is very accepting. She she realizes I was given this natural talent. Okay. I'm really good at being a sniper. Uh and I've picked it up very quickly. I'm smart. She's very smart. But she yeah. realized she seems this whole this whole story feel like well, it, like, very much a victim to fate. Like, she goes, it could have gone yeah. either way. Every time she handles a dangerous situation, it's like she's handling it, and she's okay with it being her last. She's right. okay and to face death yeah. at every moment.
1: Right, and she seems perfectly okay with, like, hey, look, this is what I'm... I'm gonna kill as many Germans as I can until I can't. Which makes, right? the,
0: and- which makes the ending a little bit more... less heartbreaking, because you're like, oh, she's was willing to die she, and almost yeah. wanting to die just, it, from it the very first. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Cause she really is. She said because and so the end of this, you know, the, at, to get to the piece of the book. So they are doing this ragtag group of, 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 of female snipers has, is so good that the story has become, there's just one of them. Right. And that this one female sniper has killed 300 Germans. Right. So, And it's and it's all comes down to some of the some of the antics that Sarah has done are then embellished by all of the other female snipers who are doing work, too. Right. So like her like exploits where she's, you know, planting grenades and killing a whole bunch of people. When you add that to like all of the other sniping that's being done, sniping that it's being done by her crew, they think it's just one person. And so the 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 Germans send their expert sniper yeah to take them out and they literally like they get airplanes and groups and to find these snipers and she makes the decision like she sees a bunch one time they go out and she sees a bunch of her friends get killed so she sneaks out one night or leaves earlier than everybody else she goes the only way that they're gonna live is if i kill this guy first if i find him and i kill him he's better he's too good yeah he's better than me he's better than them The only way that this happens is if I find him first and I kill him. It's so good, Josh. It's like, and it build, the story builds so well during the whole piece of it because you're seeing how much better she is. She's with a bunch of very capable soldiers, but you can see that she sticks out a little more than everybody else. She's a little more calculated. She's a little more like smart. She's a little like she has this, she has this knack or this this strategic vision that they don't all have. Right? right. And so you see her sort of continually going like, oh, that one, like, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, those people are going to get killed. And those you other know? people, those other
0: people have a place in the society after the war. They have this right where she thinks about their future, but she doesn't. She she doesn't, doesn't have a
1: family. Her family's gone. Her town is gone. She doesn't, she gone, doesn't have
0: right? a family. She doesn't have a town outside of killing. She doesn't have a natural instinct in her other than to be this weapon in this war. So right. if someone has to go, it's got to be her. And we see that the very we we wanted to read this based on the very first issue. The very first issue is basically her up in a tree. Deciding, waitish, just waiting, waiting, just all like for the moment. And at that moment, she's like, "Well, I guess if I if I'm not quick enough, that I'm gonna be dead. But
1: so yeah. be it, uh, right?" And it's it's such a it it does a really good job of Garth Ennis does a really good job of like here she is in the mission today. Here's everything that kind of led to where she's at. So it the story's not linear, linear, right? So like no. every issue, there's some flashbacks of what the day looks like. And then her out killing, right? Or there's like, what's the after event look like here? They are all eating dinner together. And then let's flash back to her, what that day looked like. And so you get to see, you get this good balance of the home life, quote unquote, of the soldier at base camp. And then the life of what it's like to be that sniper in that tree, just waiting for the moment like like nope i'm not going to shoot you cuz you're just an officer you're yelling too much i know you're not the guy who's really in charge yeah right and so she waits for the like the fancy car to pull up yeah it's it's there's so there's it, so many like it, oh
0: man it's uh, and the one thing that I realize in reading this speaking of Garth Ennis is because Garth Ennis and I don't know how valid my this is but because Garth Ennis I know he's so into like reading about war and he's written war stories that I trust that those little details like that when when he talks about how who would you kill first in looking at yeah. a group of soldiers or why would you kill the sergeant above the captain or or so forth for some reason i trust garth ennis for that to be that seems real to me. That seems like he's not just like pulling that out and be like, yeah, I think if I had to choose, I'd pick this one. But I feel like that's based on like interviews he's read or, or things he's deep dived into. So when you're getting yeah. these kind of cool nuggets about how a sniper would approach a situation or how a soldier would approach a specific situation in this war, for some reason yeah. I trust Ennis enough to go with it and be like, oh, this is, this is accurate. I, I I should do my due diligence to follow it up, but I found myself just gobbling up all those little nuggets. I'm like, oh, why would you kill that guy first? He has a machine gun, you
1: know? Uh, yeah, uh, that's what, so There's that's what I mean. There's so many good parts. And I think he does a really good job of pacing the story out where you're like, oh, they're really good at what they're doing. Oh, look, they, like, they managed to like foil this whole plot to like invade the camp. Oh, and then like, then you see the tide turn. And you see like, oh, they're not as good as I thought they were. Oh, things don't look good for them, right? And so he does a really good job of building up the the characters to being this sort of like, oh, they're untouchable. This is going to be a story about how good they are and how no one can get them. And then he goes, that wave pours high, right? And then it just crashes like, oh, no, they're not untouchable. They're not these sort of perfect soldiers they're not always going to win and you see it happen and you see it crack first when one of them freezes, when like the swarm of the, of the Germans come when they find all the dead soldiers, like they go back to their base, like one of the outposts and they find they've been attacked. And one of them kind of freezes up and you go, Oh, there's a, there's a, there's a crack in the facade. Right. Right. Yeah. And then it just peels back and you like, see that they're not, this perfect war machine but they are you know there is something fallible about them and it ends in a way that you're like oh shit right so you know like we try to not be super spoiler in these and so i don't want to be super spoilery but the ending is is just a it is a it's a good ending i think we've already said that dies but like it is yeah it was so
0: yeah you know she she doesn't make it past the 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 last uh panel and it's earned so well as josh was yeah. saying you don't feel like you know any of these characters exceptionally well, even our protagonist and titular character, Sarah, because she's such a cold character and so guarded. We we can only kind of get, we can only get like almost skin deep uh, uh, on Sarah and the rest of her compatriots, we get little snippets of, but keep in mind, it's only six issues. And when I finished the book, I was like, man, was that only six issues and six quick issues?
1: They're not super long issues. and, the- or they're, they're or they're just paced really like yeah i don't i think they're normal length issues right yeah but i just i just think that it's paced broken up away. so well yeah yeah and there's not a ton of i mean Ennis does his his very best sort of um poetic uh it some pieces of it are very frank Millery. and mm. i mean there's sort of that same you know like that that same sort of Frank Miller in the eighties and Garth Ennis running with that in the nineties. Delicious right?
0: introspective narration, right?
1: And and it's very the narration is great. It's very poetic, but it's sparse, right? Like yeah. it's not long diatribes. It's very much like here's my thought. Like one like one page might be her in a tree, and it literally says breathe five times, right? Like that's the that's the caption in it. Um. But there is still a lot of dialogue throughout the book. It I just think it's paced really well. And so it does read rather quickly. I'm trying um, to think in my head if I can think of a six issue story
0: where the end to me felt so earned and so powerful and so self-contained. And even though it's tragic, I just want to give it the chef's kiss, as you would say. I, and- I think.
1: If I were going to if I were going to give something a similar vein, it might be those those four, those five issues of Southern Bastards volume one. That might be yeah. the only thing where I go like, that's a really good earned, crushing, solid story. Yeah, the right? emotional The it's the emotional
0: arc that is more engaging than the story arc for, I don't know if I want, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that. I just, I take it back Uh, because I I find my, the story is so cold in so many ways.
1: Well, and like literally it's, it takes place in the snow. She is very, you know, there's the one, there's the one scene where they're walking through the, the uh, checkpoint or like the last outpost with all the men. Right. And she's like, they don't even look at me anymore. I don't get a cat call. I don't get hollered. I've been told it's because of the way I look at them, right? Like she's so steely. And it's so like, you're like, damn, that's, it's so good. It just tells you what kind of a, like what kind of a character she is, that she's so business in this reality, you know, like, I like, You're right. There is a lot of cold... In this
0: story, I'm trying. I don't. I'm trying to figure out what it is that I'm responding so well in this story to, because it doesn't give you like a satisfying. I don't like the ending. I don't like what happens to our main character. I didn't didn't necessarily. I didn't. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I. I didn't even necessarily like the character that much. I thought the war stuff was fascinating, but I don't know what I'm so emotionally invested in this character at the end, where I'm okay with her dying. But I'm also like find that it makes maybe it's just we talked about being earned so well. maybe
1: that's I think it's, I think it's also like you she's not as steely. I mean she her I, her final act at the end of the book, is badass, steely bald this you, like you know what I mean, but, but at the same time, the reason she's doing it is so heartfelt. So all the cold that you see. That, that she she has is covering up her care and people that she's in that she's with, right? That she's gonna go out this guy because she knows she's the only one get close enough to him so that she can save the rest of her crew from being killed. Yeah, that that th- these people that she's sort of like off like she's very sort of standoffish with them or she's very quick and, 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 and cold with them. You see her give this sacrifice at the end and you go like, Oh, she really did care about those compatriots. Or is she just killing as many Germans as she can? I don't know, man. It is. I thought it was a really good story and it doesn't hurt that it's beautiful. To look at, right? I, like, yeah, good it segue. is. So it's so good. <laughs> yeah let's talk talk about
0: let's talk about that art i gotta open mine up. i had to to read it in six individual issues so it's a little harder for me to jump around in that art but let's talk about that art um yeah you we really do have top talent on this book dang i'm just looking at these pages um how would you describe this art style uh their faces like a lot of their faces there's there's a modernness in the there's a modernness in sometimes the characters faces that are really polished in some scenes, especially like the winter scenes. Yeah. But, but then the backdrops are so, it's like uh, water so detailed colored. and watercolored yeah. at the same time. It it's a mix of, I don't call it old. It's not cartooning. It's not house style. Um, it's, There's realism I, in here, but there it
1: reminds me. I mean, if you haven't seen Steve Epting's art before, it reminds me a lot of, you know, if you've like I said before, this does really remind me of a Brubaker Phillips book. Right. And it it doesn't hurt that, you know, Brightwiser's coloring it. So her palette is very particular. Um, But the art is this sort of like the face are sparse enough and cartoony enough to where they're not cartoony, you know what I mean? But they're I um I'm trying to very expressive.
0: I'm looking at their facial expressions and I'm realizing right now how much they're selling these emotions of these characters. The facial expressions are the looks. Like when someone gets shot and they'll look at them in the corner of their eye with a sense of horror in them. Like I really said, I can really feel the dread and I can really feel the surprise and the horror on their faces during so many of these scenes and the coldness too. I don't know if it's just we think of Russians as cold people (laughs) to begin with, but they're
1: so (laughs) cold in this. Well, I think like there are he is a really, he does a lot of really good facial acting in his artwork, right? The eyes, his eyes are really, really good. He can, he's really able to draw, um, women and you're able to tell every one of them apart. And it's not just because one has a ponytail and one has bangs. Now that's helpful in any, (laughs) in any comic book, right? Because you don't get to hear voices. And so, you need something distinguishable. So he does a very good job of like, here's how you're going to distinguish between each of these female characters. Right. You know, there's the one who seems a little more like, Oh, like, you know, like the tough one, right. Um, Who has petting the cat in the beginning of it, the, you know, like the young one. And one of the characters I think is, is, is really interesting that he does a really good job with the facial expressions on is their minder. Yes. Like the, 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 the commissar, like whoever it is, who's like, their. the, their their minder right the one who's like talking about the news and getting them writing their story and telling them about how the to propaganda act. lady yeah yeah and yeah the propaganda lady. her facial expressions are so good throughout this whether she's sort of shocked by what they're saying or when she's telling like do it for the motherland and you can see like the the sort of like play acted like it looks like she's acting these pieces out and it's so he does a really good job with facial expressions throughout all of it there's one scene early on um where um she's being trained right and the girl that she's being trained with there's a scene where her face she just looks so crushed that she's about to do this and she's right. by her facial expressions, you could tell she's
0: just dopier than Sarah. She's just a right. little bit, you know, not as not as to put together as her. And it's not like overtly like this is the stupid
1: one because she's not stupid. Right. She's just less no. competent than Sarah. And she's also, of course, sort of horrified by what she has to do. You can see that she's not there's like one thing where like he does enough motion lines around the gun where you can tell she's nervous to shoot it. Yes, right, like I saw I I is, I saw that too.
0: It's shaking. Meanwhile, her Sarah's is, is still.
1: Yeah, it's just steeled right? And so there's all these little pieces that he does a really I like it is just really good. And Brightweiser's color palette when she goes from it looks cold when they're outside in the cold, it looks cold. Their cheeks are rosy, just that but it makes them like beautiful right. and rosy but they and nosey. But they're also like sort of pale at the same time, right? Yeah. She, she does work with the light. So it looks like they've been like they're outside. It just looks, it looks cold. The whole idea <laughs> of those steel roses. And I'll say the coloring
0: actually plays a, Brightweiser's coloring actually plays a huge role in making, selling that climax that we love, that end. Yeah. Because it's all white and it's white for all this. And then you see that red splatter. You turn the page to our reveal, and you see that red... It's just a red splotch on Sarah, and it stands out. You're like, shit. No, it's that splash page. It's all white, and everything's been so white for long that when you have that stark whiteness, and then you see those splashes of blood, it really makes this violence more real to me because you just see... Like that's like that's what you don't want to see in this setting. Is you don't want to see red when you're out in the middle of winter in Russia because that means uh, someone's dead, something or someone is
1: dead. Yeah, and it and in the scenes where there's fire, where they're inside or where they're by the fire, the glow is so good. Well, the explosions are just like the color that comes off of them. It really does set a uh, so like the. The shadow of that's the other part about it like there are shadows from the trees that are on the ground that just makes it feel very i'm like i know that you didn't grow up in a winter climate travis i did for uh, about
0: four years in one of the snowiest parts of japan
1: <laughs> okay so good you've got you've got a little bit of experience yeah that that crunchy Peace snow me, Josh.
0: right yeah. how old how old were you when you were in that when you were in the snow? Uh i was between like seven and ten I know I know what, I know what it's like to be walking in freshly the silence of
1: fallen snow in the woods. Right? Oh. Yes, and the scenes in this where they're out in the woods, you can hear it and you can you can sense it. As someone who grew up like in the woods and you would walk through the woods when it was just light enough or just dark enough and it glowed because the moon would reflect and you could see the shadows still on the ground, from the trees, it was it creates this sort of you feel how cold it is in some of these images. You can the just sit
0: from the moon a kiss from a rose on a grave. On grave. <laughs> a Baby, steel rose. Please.
1: Sarah.
0: Oh gotcha. A kiss from a steel rose in her
1: grave.
0: Sarah. Oh.
1: It wouldn't be an episode of this if you didn't sing something. I was <laughs> we, worried we might get through one. I, you know, you know, I, I'm glad we didn't, Travis. I'm glad we didn't. Uh, it's like my way. It's like me
0: wagging my tail when I'm enjoying something a lot. It comes out in the
1: song. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. So here, here's what I want to know, Travis. Obviously, we both think this is a a grand slam of six oh, issues. Yes. Right. There's there's no way around this. But here's. Who do you give this to? Who do you give oh, this to? Oh
0: man, I think this one has a it's a lot of flexibility to it's it. It's a uh,
1: wide range of people you give this to, right? You
0: would. I mean, where do you go from? Strong female characters, anyone who's into feminist literature, anyone who's into uh war stuff, Is World War 2 yeah. stuff. But maybe like, oh, you think you know a lot about World War 2? Well, here's a look at this this kind of little, little niche pocket. yeah pocket yeah. that you might not know about because it's it might not even make one sentence in a history book um and and then i mean like you said it the powerhouse the three powerhouses man is i think this is a great example of someone who likes garth ennis a lot of people like ennis the boy's yeah. creature but they haven't read this it doesn't reek of ennis by any ways but you can definitely see his fingerprints in the dialogue um i mean Yeah, I I, this is one of the books that we've probably read this. We haven't read a lot this year. Uh, This is this is this is in the lead for one of my favorite books that I've read in a while. Um, This is good. And so I I think maybe one of the reasons I like it so much is because it is so versatile. It's just a really well done story, no matter its medium, no matter its genre, no matter uh,
1: whatever it is. it's, It's just it's it's the tits, man. I've, I've been holding on to this because I knew we were going to do it, but, and now I have to wait even longer. I have a, I have a, a buddy that I work with who is just, he's a giant book collector. He loves books, right? He collects tons of stuff. Um, he, uh, he always tries to score me whenever he finds some, some comic book stuff. He does a lot of like actual, like book buying, right? Uh, but he'll always find stuff and he always like, man, I'm at, he texts me. He's like, I'm at this place. There's a bunch of Conan stuff do you want something? I let me know what you, let me know what you see. Right. And he gives me the hookup. So he, uh, he found, I'm going to show you this really quick. Uh, he found me this son of origins of Marvel comics, the case. Oh, whoa. Two, two softbound uh, origins and the son of origins where it has a bunch of, uh, Marvel comic original, like the first, the first stories that they're all in 1976 uh he found it bought it for dirt cheap and he goes dude do you want it i said yes and he goes what do you think is a fair price for it i said well i have one of them in this collection in hardcover, and i paid you know i told him what i paid for it and he goes how about how about you just give me that for both of them in this and i'm like i looked it up online i'm like dude you're giving me a really good deal on it he's like i don't care man 30 bucks it's yours <laughs> and i oh, was wow. like wow so he loves history. He's a history teacher. Loves World War II. Taught a World War II class. I want to. I want to. This is his. Once we get like, once I go back to school next year, because we are closed for the rest of the year, this is going to get in his hands, and it's his. I'm just be like, dude, that you need to read this. This is Dis- this is good. If you
0: disinfect it, you can give it
1: to him. After I disinfect it, I'm gonna give it to him. Uh, but uh, but it's uh, I. There are so many people that I would say like, this is just a great story. It's a good story, and it, like I said, to, to start this conversation off, if this is not option for a Netflix limited series or an Amazon series, I like, it is perfect for a serialized story. You have oh, yeah. char- you, you have a group of characters to play with, you have a, a wonderful arc to get through. The language is already here. I mean, the
0: language, you got to find a way to, I mean, a lot of it is overdub narration, but you can easily d- translate
1: that into uh, a Netflix series. You have uh, her, you have her narrate it. Yeah. What? Like it's her in the woods talking to herself. Right. You have, it's built in. Yeah. It is, it is, it's perfect for, her. so here's what I know, buddy, what's your, what's your panel? Uh, you know, it's a little bit tougher to look around at panels that have the
0: six separate issues, but yeah, I remember the first issue. It's the one read... where the
1: dog gets blown to shreds, <laughs> <That's>
0: right? <laughs> I remember the first issue we read that like hooked us on this book. Um, I remember we talked about facial expressions, and in that first issue, when she finally takes that shot, you don't see who she hits, you see the blowback, you see the red yes. spray on. Oh, it's you so the, good. the spray hits the men in line behind her target like it hits their white ponchos almost and sprays on it and the look yeah. on each of their faces really solidifies that moment we've been waiting for that entire issue of just yes. that she's been waiting for a target and she goes breathe breathe hold it let it out and then you see the horror on their faces except for one guy who's just like
1: really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like far enough away where the blood's not hitting him but he's like yeah come on come on now where was yeah. the one i had it and then i lost it uh there is one where is that it's a very similar a very similar scene um damn it now i can't find it no, don't we draw, need to do draw, a
0: better draw. job of posting our favorite panels especially now since i'm reading digitally let me
1: go ahead and yeah. shot this bad boy um it is why can't I find it, Travis? Oh, there's there's one scene uh no, that's not it. I thought I just saw it again. Oh uh she has the she tied um it's near the end where she ties one of the guys up in a tree holding a oh, sniper. Yes. Right. La- yep. So that, so he thinks it's so he thinks it's so the other sniper thinks it's her. Yep. I and love that. The, the look on his face as he's up there is just a a prime example of the facial expression work of, of, you know, of Epting. And it's literally one page before like the big shocking Sarah is shot scene, right? It is, it is a very good, like there, it is just a beautiful book, man. It's written well, it looks gorgeous. It's colored wonderfully everything's good yeah. yeah which which
0: takes us to uh the question you asked at the beginning that i have not i know you told me to put it in my hindbrain
1: uh yeah i did not your put it my was, brain because i was your so, hindbrain was too busy thinking about songs to <laughs> here's, here's what i think we should do here travis here's what, here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna call it audible here's okay. what i'm gonna do i think you and i need to gather a quarantine bonus episode and i bonus And I think what you and I need to do, we're going to tell our, we're going to, we're going to pull back the curtain right now to the five people who listen to the podcast. (laughs) I want, I want you guys to I love when you
0: pull that curtain back, Josh,
1: because I never know what's behind there. I never know what's behind there. Uh, It's a, it's a very short man who is not the Wizard of Oz. So (laughs) here's, here's what I think we should do. I think we should look back at our own, our own collection of books. Mm. And we need to both bring one to the table. And we need to explain why that is the book to read on quarantine. Okay. So I want you to look through our past episodes. I'm going to do the same. It has to be an issue we've read. Okay. I'm, it has on to be an comic issue. exposure. We're going to pick comic three, episodes,
0: our top, yes. and then two runners up. I will yeah. share, I'll share with you mine before the episode, just so we don't have crossovers. Yeah, right? I don't want
1: crossovers. Okay. Yeah, no, that's right. So we're gonna we'll end up talking about six books that we think are quarantine worthy reads from our history, and there will be no crossover. Can we do it? I just don't know I, if you and I, I, I can. I got I already brand
0: the title. You know, what we call it reexposure.
1: Ooh, you don't want that to happen with COVID, guys. No, you don't want Re-exposure. That to uh, but we're okay with comic re-exposure. So that is going to be the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so glad that you turned in. You can find all of our episodes on the website, www.comicexposure.com. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, at Comic Exposure. Uh, you, could, you should be subscribing to us on wherever you get your podcasts from. Give us them stars, and we'll give you bars. Travis, sing for us. Sing. Baby, I like a something, something, something. The rose on the grave. So you give us the stars, we give you bars, baby. Travis is gonna sing to you. Travis is gonna sing to you. So uh, again, we want to thank you for tuning in. A pleasure as always Travis rats A pleasure, my friend. A pleasure, a pleasure. Uh, guys, wash your hands. Stay safe. Be healthy. <laughs> I'm touching my nose. Stay away from your T zone. <laughs> and we'll see you. Next trade.